Hello everyone, welcome to Indie's Augmented Reality Podcast. People who work in the spatial computing industry tend to forget about the fact that the general public doesn't understand the difference between augmented reality, virtual reality or mixed reality. In today's episode, our CEO Alex and CTO Norby discuss if these terms become a general expression anytime soon. Let's get started. Earlier today, Cheva retweeted a tweet from Susan Borders, the CEO of uh, BedVR, which says, I think a lot of us in the spatial computing industry forget that 99% do not know the difference between AR, VR, XR and MR. They definitely don't know spatial computing. To most, VR means uh, all of the above. General public doesn't care about the distinction. Do you agree with that statement? Yeah, I... I probably said it earlier than her, but <laughs> <laughs> but but um, we should uh, get your PR team. Yeah, exactly. I know, but it's uh, <laughs> it's it's absolutely right. Uh, they they don't know and they don't care. They um, that's why all these are uh, like MR, XR, AR, whatever we call it. It's so so confusing, and that's why everything is VR because it's you you. You cannot really explain it to the consumer or the the everyday user uh, what they mean. Uh, XR is basically an umbrella of all the uh, realities, uh, except for the real ones. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's um, okay when you start to talk about VR, AR. Everything is just a VR because it was it was uh, introduced into the the everyday uh, mainstream uh, uh, media earlier than AR. So it's like okay, we we want a we want a VR experience, they we want an AR experience, and and uh, it turns out that they don't want an AR experience, they want a VR experience, and vice versa. We we meet with this uh, yeah, issue every day, yeah, every day, and that's why it's confusing when all these companies uh, come out with their own uh, AR solution, uh, either a. a an SDK or a device, and they just they want to distinguish themselves from the from the earlier movements, and they just start to call it something else. While on the fundamentally is the same thing, but they just want to say that okay, I'm, we are not we are not an AR company, we are a, a merged reality company or something like that. I don't mm. know why I heard that, but I, I know that it's like why? Oh, it's, why? What difference does it make? Yeah, and it's 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 sort of at odds with business logic as well because no one is good at everything, and I think it really dilutes your message as a company if you do try and do everything. Um, so, as a business, we've said you know we've specialised in AR. There's been numerous opportunities along our journeys. We said we should we do VR as well, or maybe we could do this, maybe we could do this, but we just said no. And I think actually, in the long run, even AR will be so big that we will probably have to specialise in a in a, a particular section of that. So, for people to say that they are XR experts is kind of a nonsense, really, because there's no way that they can de- develop the level of expertise that they need to develop to to have expertise across that whole spectrum. I mean, d- delivering AR and VR is radically different and in terms of hardware, in terms of software, and in terms of user experience. I mean, those are all even in, in themselves radically, incredibly complex. So um, it, it, I think it's really important for 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 any business really to to pick a course and follow it and be really clear about ultimately what benefits you're delivering to your customer. 
And that comes from being really clear, ultimately, what you're trying to achieve. So creating additional terms just because you think that covers who you are as a business is actually a bit of a nonsense. You know, what you're actually doing is you're creating confusion, whereas what you should always be trying to do is create clarity. How would you define a spatial computing for a more tech-savvy person who has never come across the term before? Or for a non-tech-savvy person, that's also fine. Yeah, I think it's, it's the same, uh, because it's a really uh, simple um, thing. Uh, spatial computing is just a new way of uh, interacting with uh, computers and computer systems within our environment, within our real environment. So up to this point, uh, we interacted with computers and computer systems through a, a, a screen and uh, through input uh, uh, devices. And now our... Uh, our input device is the whole environment around us. So, and the screen is our room, for example. So it's, uh, it's uh, the system, the computer system that you interact with is around you in your real environment and not uh, on a screen in front of you. And uh, that's basically it. Of course, it, it goes into deeper, goes in deeper than that, but uh, that's the gist of it. So um, your system... Your room is your uh, computer now, or maybe the street or your uh, office is your room, uh, your uh, system, computer system now. Probably my mom would also understand uh, your definition. I <laughs> hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the right. That's the right benchmark to use. I think um, you know it's a, it's a, it's a, one of my real pet hates that you if you have a subject that only experts can talk to other experts about well actually it becomes largely pointless to anyone else who's not an expert you know i think the ability to translate complex terms to a regular consumer or even your grandmother is a great way of defining actually how clear you are in explaining what you're intending to explain so i think you know to aim to a really low threshold when you when you are explaining concepts like that is absolutely the right way to do it Yeah, in practical terms, basically, let's say, what, you, what do you use uh, every day? Uh, your browser. Uh, you have uh, 10 different uh, tabs open on your browser. Maybe it's not going to be the best one, but I can explain. You have uh, 10 tabs on your screen in your browser. So it lives there. It's there. It's in a, in a 2D environment. So in spatial computing, that could be... Uh, um, that one of the tabs, uh, weather tabs, is... Uh, on your uh, wall on the right. The other tab is on the left on your uh, other wall. Uh, in, on your window, it's, uh, it's another tab. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like that. So it's all around you. Mm. Why would you have tabs all around you? That's a, another question. No, but, but I, think that, I think conceptually that works, doesn't yeah. it? It's, um... How spatial computing improves our lives when it comes to education or entertainment? How it improves now? Uh, It's a question how it will improve our lives. That's uh, that's another one. Uh, it it provides more immersion. It uh, it uh, gives uh, viewers uh, more understanding because everything is is placed within their environment. So it's uh, it's not just looking at uh, a documentation in on your screen uh, about uh, Alexander Hamilton. It's uh, he's appearing in your room talking about his life and what he's achieved and stuff like that. Uh, so it uh, 
because you experience it and you don't just read about it, you by definition uh, learn about it uh, in a more deeper and more uh, immersive mm-hmm. way. It's not that you can just look away and then uh, you read about Alexander Hamilton, for example, and uh, your phone rings and all of a sudden you're just out. Uh, he's there in front of you in 3D. You can walk around him, you can ask questions, for example. I know it's futuristic, but at one point you will be able to do that. And uh, you just learn about uh, him or about a particular uh, topic a lot easier and in a, in a deeper deeper uh, level. Yeah, I think that ultimately the more more you're able to engage your senses in the subject you're trying to learn about, the the deeper your understanding is of that particular subject matter. It's why they say that when you're learning languages, you can use techniques such as, you know, using music as well as the language. Using using audio-visual is much more effective than just audio. And so immersive really uses all those elements at the same time. It really does provide you with a much more attractive environment to interact with. And the more intera- the more attractive and the more interactive that environment, the more likely you are to remember it. So f- for us, I mean, we've got a long history in working in education, entertainment, and, you know, I guess what we call, we call edutainment, because the experiences we create are, they are more engaging than something which is 2D. They are more engaging than something which is pages of a book or even a TV show. Um, and and it's that level of engagement that heightens the sense of knowledge, awareness, um, which then generates recollection because you because you've really engaged in the subject. If you just look at uh, broadcast AI, for example, which is a, a really simple um, uh, example for spatial computing, I know someone will scream <laughs> that it's, it's not, but if you look at it uh, from the, the point of view that uh, virtual characters uh, appear in your environment, or virtual content appears in your environment, it is uh, uh, spatial computing. And if you look at uh, kids interacting with the dinosaurs, for example, you can be sure that they are uh, learning about T-Rex. They will remember, okay, it was a huge uh, uh, creature back in back in the days. And it won't be just a, a, a diagram in their book. Yeah. They will know, okay, I, I walked with a, t- uh, with a T-Rex on the screen. Yeah, seeing something which is 10 meters long alongside you as if you were there with it is much more engaging and therefore more interesting and therefore you're likely to to recollect it more than seeing what a 10 meter long picture looks like in a book. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's very kind of abstract. My final question is, uh, do you think uh, spatial computing becomes a general term anytime soon? A general term. Will my mom use that term? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I think it will stay a, a technical term, just like uh, HTML uh, stayed a, a technical term, and you don't use it every day uh, when you are browsing browsing uh, the net, um, the info webs. Uh, it, it will be a, a, a technical term describing a, a certain interactive uh, uh, experience. And I think it's important because uh, if you, it will take mainstream, and I, I probably said that uh, every time that we have this podcast, mm. uh, it will take, it will be mainstream when the the technology can uh, stay behind the experience. So when you don't have to worry about um, uh, the 
tool or the technology that you use to have that experience, that's when you that's when you reach that uh, interactive and immersive experience that uh, we are now trying to find. And it's the same thing like uh, the light switch in your living room. You don't think about the technology there. You just switch it on and it's there. But, uh, and that's, that's what uh, I'm waiting for, that this whole spatial computing will reach that level when you just, uh, you don't even think about putting on the headset, for example, or you don't even think about uh, tapping that window to have the latest weather. It's just, it's just natural. Yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting way of putting it, isn't it? Because ultimately, it's when these experiences become seamless, they become habits that we've you know we built our lives around, and ultimately, the I guess as much that we build our lives around as they they are created to to add to our lives. That the really they then become seamless experiences. They become part of our day to day existence, uh, and I guess that's when these these terms become more. General knowledge as well. I mean, if you were to if you were to if you were to ask someone walking down the street what spatial computing was, they would understand what spatial means and they'd understand what computing is, and they could probably draw a conclusion. But the reality is, they wouldn't really understand what is going on in that space. Um, uh, whereas, I think at the point where we do really have an understanding of how we can re- how we can use technology to help us interact with physical spaces. Well then, I think that's then that's the point. Those that kind of lexicon enters our mainstream. Yeah, and that's um, and it's not just um, the term. <laughs> we have, we have to mm. solve a lot of uh, uh, problems when before we can reach that point because it's the user experience is still is still up for grabs. We don't know what the what the the best user experience in spatial computing is. We we can now place. Uh, Windows and 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 all these tabs around your room, but maybe that's just trying to translate whatever you have into the in front of your uh, screen to a spatial computing. But maybe that's not the way to do it. We don't know yet. Yeah, it will take some time to figure it figure out, and uh, it will take some uh, uh, some statistics from from actual usage. To find out what works and what doesn't work, but I think that so. I, I mean, I think to to kind of almost wrap up this particular subject, I think it's it's by use and experimentation that you work out actually what works and what doesn't. And I think we're at the stage where, with with things like Hololens, with spatial computing, ultimately you, you've got to try new things because otherwise you won't learn. You know, there isn't. There is no one going to come along with a magic wand and say, "This is what's going to work for your company. This is what's going to work for you as an individual," because we're all basically trying to create new ways of using technology to enhance our lives. And it's by trying new things that we learn. You know, there is no shortcut to it. So, getting on board these new technologies is really key for for all companies. Because if you're not taking baby steps, well, then don't expect to make bigger steps or bigger leaps at some point further down the track because you will all have to learn you will all have we will all have to learn how we use technology to achieve our own individual purposes and and these new technologies are no different you, you know you've got to start somewhere and the, to some extent the sooner you start that journey 
the closer you'll be to to not only helping the technology achieve your aims, but actually then working out what's the best way to use that to attract customers, to help customers with interactions, to help solve problems, um, and use it in a practical context. And that's as a, as a business, really. That's what we're we're trying to achieve. It's one of the uh, one of the big challenges we face as a business, in that we have to we have to build we have to build paid for pieces of work because you know we're a business ultimately we've got to keep the lights on we've got to pay salaries, but also we have to be constantly evangelizing we have to be constantly trying new things, because it's only by trying do you realize actually what works. And and you know that has to be the message to to our existing and potential customers in the future. We you know we've got to try these things, and and people have got to be brave enough to try mm-hmm. these things as well. You know, no one's no one's going to innovate for you. You've got to innovate for yourself. And you know, we're 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 the kind of company that you can use to really help you advance your own knowledge. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about Indy, please visit us at www.industry.com. Uh-huh.